Welcome to today's Coffee Talk from Planet Fair. As we do actually every Friday, we're going to be talking about exactly eight minutes over a little cup of coffee about the fastest way and the sort of best opportunities to reach Planet Fair. My name is Henrike von Platten and I'm talking with... Margaret Bjarnitotter. <laughs> which is such a pleasure, Margaret. So I do hope you had some good days because... I had some great days and I had some discussions about a topic that I wanted to um, to sort of ask you about and see if we can discuss it because it's come on up of very often and it's a benchmarking question. Yeah. And the, the thing that comes up is not only that companies sort of say, okay, I'm fair inside, but how do I compare to the rest of the world? Where do I get that data from? Do you have it or no? And, um, and when we have it, can we actually do it inside the analysis? So it's a broad thing. Uh, what are your first ideas on that? I have some too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to external benchmarking, Maybe we move a little bit away from the kind of the fair pay concept and it's really about being externally competitive, right? So <clears throat> both in maintaining your employees and attracting new employees. And I, what I've seen is that companies have different strategies on, you know, how do they, you know, want to position themselves. Some of them are what I call kind of market leaders. You know, they tend to set the salaries they're ahead of the market. And others are, you know, market followers. They don't try to offer the highest, you know, salaries on the market. Um, they are consistently below because that's their strategy. But instead, instead their emphasis is on um, the environment, the working culture, the benefits, etc. So it really depends on just how the company strategically positions itself, kind of how they think about the external market. I like that because what I've every time that I've I've been confronted with it, it was mostly the argument of I want to be able to say that we pay as good as whoever. That's sort of what I've always heard. And then I'm always a little stuck because I'm thinking, ah, but that's not about fairness. And like you just said, I like the I like the part of the culture saying maybe we want to stay under the average or under whatever because we do so many other good things. And then you see that you actually have, as a company, a focus on your culture as a whole, internally first, and not just saying, oh, we have to show something, whatever, to the outside. But the people that want to become um, employees and want to work here, they will be looking for, for so many things. And I'm not sure if you know of any, any new study, but I know there have been lots of studies about why people want to work at a company or why they change. And it's usually not because you're getting more money somewhere, is it? Ah, you are putting me on the spot. Um, I don't, <laughs> I might, if you, if you would have told me before and you were going to ask me, maybe I would have done some Googling. I honestly haven't seen any recent studies. Um, often, so, I mean, I sit on a couple of boards. Uh, I would say the most often when we are losing kind of key employees, it's because of their fabulous and they are being offered opportunities to kind of, you know, accelerate their careers. I think that's when we, you know, lose our key employees most often. It's not, typically it's not the pay, it's because they are getting offered. I mean, we have trained them well, <laughs> right? And they are super good at what they're doing and they're being picked up for, you know, management and c-suite positions elsewhere yeah. um yeah. 
and then you just have to wish them good luck and you know make sure that your pipeline is good um absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. you see you're on the spot you don't need to study you have it all in here <laughs> I think it's also often about experience and not only about what we've read, but um, yeah, they go for the career, no matter if it means more money or not. I've seen that often as well. They sometimes take lower money because they have some kind of interesting different paths that they can go or something like that. So yeah. So the question would be if those companies that still want to do the benchmarking, no matter for what reason, if it's for being competitive or if it's because they just want to track that they are inside their cultural range, if you want to call it like that. Um, how could you do that uh, together with the um, pay analysis? Sure. Um, yeah, you can absolutely use um, benchmarking data. Um, and I would say when we think about benchmarking data, we can almost put it in two buckets. So either it's crowdsourced, meaning, you know, there are websites, you can volunteer your information, and then you can, that is sometimes then sold as benchmarking data. Or if you have, because um, maybe we can call it the higher quality benchmarking data is then when, you know, organizations out there um, ask, or, you know, companies and their clients to match their salary structure to the benchmarking salary structure, and then they collect the data across organizations um, and then that can often be useful and then you can benchmark your whole organization against external so how do we use it um, when for example we are hiring someone or we are somebody's getting a promotion we can take that information into account so the phrase used to be like three four years ago you know the phrase was in the market was you know internally consistent and externally competitive. That was like the cat's phrase of, of compensation management. Um, so, um, and that's, so what, that's what we do. So our philosophy, and now I'm just, you know, talking about how we at Pay Analytics do this, is that our salary suggestions, whether it's, you know, hiring or promotions, they're always built on the internal pay equity. So, you know, what is a equitable starting salary, um, for an employee, but then we put it in the context of the external benchmarking data mm -hmm. so that, you know, you can see, okay, this is what is internally consistent. And then here's how it compares to the benchmarking data. So that's how yeah. we do it. It's, it's tricky um, to directly incorporating it for a couple of reasons. For example, this data tend to be laggy. So if you think about COVID and the impact that COVID had on salaries, your benchmarking data would have been lacking. I mean, salaries yeah. were on average going down, um, but your benchmarking data stayed constant, right? So it's, yeah. I think it's very tricky um, to kind of directly account for it, but we put it in that context, which I think is yeah. important for the decision making. And then it's up to the manager to, you know, do I want to deviate from my, you know, pay equitable suggestion towards or, you know, up or down, etc. Um, so, uh, yeah, so those are my kind of thoughts on, on that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's absolutely logical and it shows that it is again, very different from company to company, but you can use it inside your analysis, inside your, inside your decision-making, like you say, and, um, go for it. Yeah. 
That's great. It's such a it's such a broad topic. Maybe we'll have some other eight minutes on benchmarking some other day in the future because I'm my coffee is nearly empty and our time is up again, Margaret. And it was so great to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Talk soon. Uh, bye bye. Bye.